I've got one big request of everyone this morning. We put the names of these four candidates in the bulletin and the whole reason for that is that you would pray for them. It's well seen in Scripture and you might even have experienced it in your life that when you make a bold stand for Jesus Christ, Satan doesn't like it. And he will try his damnedest to discourage you, to make you doubt. And this week, when these people have made a, a stand like this for Jesus Christ, they will come under attack. It happens time and time and time again after baptism services. So please pray for those four this week. That God would protect them, that they would stand strong. But we have forewarned We are armed when we forewarned, right? And so please pray for them. Let's turn in God's word again this morning to the book of Luke. And we're in chapter 8 and reading verses 16 to 21. Luke chapter 8 verses 16 to 21. This is Jesus speaking. And this is what he says. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed. But he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Interesting verse there. Now, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. Very much a parallel passage, but he just brings out just a different twist on this verse. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Again, Jesus speaking, and he's speaking to you and me as well. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe that you can be changed? Do you really believe it in your heart? Do you believe this morning that you can be an agent of change for someone else? Do you believe that through the message that you give, someone can hear that message and come to God. Do you really believe that? You see, Jesus was speaking here to people who said they loved Him, but many of them were hiding that witness. And so He speaks up again in a parable, a story with a lesson. And it's all about light and putting up light so that you can see. And they all knew about darkness and light because none of their houses had electricity. They all had to light a lamp so that they could see what was happening inside their home. 
And so Jesus speaks to them this parable of light, but his intent is to teach them a lesson about their own lives. So what does he say to them? He says to them, firstly, verse 16, let light shine. Let the light shine. You see, what's the function of light? What is the function of light? It is to, what? To shine in darkness. If there wasn't darkness, we wouldn't need light. But there is darkness, and so we need light. And so the function of light is to bring light into a situation where we cannot see. It is to bring clarity into darkness. It is to make obstacles visible. And that's what happens at midnight when you get up and you can't see what's happening. You fall over all kinds. It's been left there. But light can dispel that. It can, it can light up those obstacles. And so it allows us as human beings to function as we should. That's the function of light. And so Jesus is saying to them here this morning, let the light do its work. What light is he speaking about? He's speaking about his word. Remember Jesus had up to now, he'd been preaching to them about all kinds of aspects of life, how to live, their hearts were to be right before the Lord, they had to put what they'd heard into practice, they had to live it out. And many people were hearing this sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after parable, and they were just coming back for another one, and yet nothing was changing. And so Jesus says to them, let the light work. I'll tell you what it's like. He says it's like having a lamp, right? You put it in your house, you light it up, and then you go and put it under the bed. Or you put a basket on top of it. Why would you do that? Now, he didn't say the following. He didn't say, why are you being so Irish? He didn't say that. But he meant that. Why do you light up something and then go and hide it? It doesn't make sense humanly. And as human beings, we wouldn't do that, would we? So why do you do that in your spiritual lives, is what he's saying. I've given you light. Here's the word. I am the light. I've come to you. And yet, even though you say you have the light in you, you're putting a basket on top of it. You're not letting it fulfill its function. And we'll clarify as we carry on through. You see, when you light a lamp... You would put it up on a lampstand. Those of you who used to work with candles, you know what happens when the power goes. You don't put a candle down at ground level, right? Because it doesn't work well. You put a candle up high. Why? So that the light can get everywhere in the room. And so he's saying to them, when you hear the truth, let it do its thing in you. When you speak the truth, speak it loudly, clearly, so that truth can do what it's made to do. Why do you cover the light? Why do you refuse to allow the truth to work in you and to work through you in your lives? So that's the function of light. That's the function of the truth. It's there to light up our lives. It's there to bring light where there is only darkness in our lives. But there's a further thing here. He speaks about the purpose of light. He said, let the light shine for others. There's that little verse there in verse 16, the end of it. So that those who come in may see the light. You see, you put a lamp on a lampstand so that you can see the light. 
so that your visitors into your home can find their way around your home. That's why we have lights. And he's saying, you, if you believe in the truth, let the truth show the way for others too. And it does that through our lives. You see, Jesus shines through you and me. And that means we are to live Jesus Christ. That means we are to speak Jesus Christ. That means we are to live and speak the gospel message so that those that are coming into our lives can also see the light. There's a further aspect there, verse 17. He says, let the light shine into all aspects of your life. You see, nothing remains hidden from the light, he says. All that is secret will be revealed. Nothing that is secret will stay secret. Everything will be revealed. What does he mean by that? Well, let's scripture clarify scripture, shall we? It's a really good principle. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 13 says this. For the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. You see, when Scripture comes into your life, when the truth comes into your life, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, He can see all those hidden areas in your lives. And yes, other people might not be able to see a word of what you are thinking, but Jesus can. His word will work in such a way in you that it will highlight those things which you are trying to hide, which you shouldn't be trying to hide. This is what it says, Hebrews, carrying on. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And whether you like it or not, one day... There's going to come a time when you and I, whether we are believers or unbelievers, we are going to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account of our lives. I'm not making this up. Scripture speaks the truth. And at that moment, when you stand before Jesus Christ, everything about your life will be revealed. How he's going to do that, I have no idea. But it's going to happen. Everything that you've thought, everything that you've said will be revealed. There will be nothing secret from him. And he will judge you. And so the question I've got to ask you this morning is, why would you try to hide from God? Why would you try to hide anything from God? Why not allow the truth of his word, the laser light of his word, to come and touch into your sinful heart, to highlight those areas in your, in your life, that needs that laser light to come in and to cut away sin. Why not do that? Are we going to hide from God's word? You see, if we don't deal with those sins, if we don't allow the light of God's truth to deal with areas in our lives that are sinful, they will not stand still. They will grow in us like a sickness, like a cancer. And they will take our lives over and they will cause irreparable damage to us. So why not open yourself up to God's word? We're not finished. That's only the first part. Jesus says, let the light do its work. Let it shine in your life. Second thing he says is verse 18. He says, listen carefully. Listen carefully when you hear the word. You see, these people have been listening to sermon after sermon, to parable, and they were just coming back for more. 
But they weren't actually listening with their ears. Are you listening this morning to God's word? In God's timing in this church in Wanganui East, we are getting messages about listening to God's word. There's a reason for that. Maybe we are not listening as we should be as a church. He says to them, listen to God's word. Take care, therefore, how you listen. Interesting. He doesn't mean just open your ear and hear the words. Take care, he says. So there's danger here. Take care how you hear, how you listen to God's word. In other words, be on your guard about how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. You see, our default setting is we don't hear as we should. You, I don't have to prove that to you. You just let your attention go for a minute and you'll be all over the place in your mind. It's our default setting, right? We've really got to listen to what's being said. We've got to listen with an open heart to what's being said. There is a human responsibility when it comes to God's word. We are to hear, we are to take it in and allow the word to do its work in us. I'll take an example here. Now, there are many medical doctors here, so I'll be careful. You might have heard of the disease called yours. Now, it's kind of been eradicated, but in many third world countries, you still find this, the sickness around, yours. And it's a sickness which eats away at the flesh. It's a terrible sickness. And so, let's say, for instance, that you've got this disease, yours. People will suddenly shuffle away from me if they did know you had it. But let's say you know you've got this disease. And so you go and you've heard that this guy's coming to speak about this disease. And so you go and sit there in this auditorium and you hear this 45-minute lecture on yours. And when the speaker's finished, and it's really, really convincing, you hear in this, speak, in this talk of his that there is a cure available. You need a specific injection. And it will deal to the sickness. So there is a cure. And then when the speaker's finished, he sits down and people get up on stage and they give testimony of how they've been cured. And they show the, the, the disease that has affected their bodies, but they all say, it's now stopped because I got this injection. And you think, fantastic. And you walk out of there and you carry on with your life. Oh, what's going to happen? You're going to still have yours, aren't you? Because the listening has to lead to action. You've actually got to go to a doctor, make an appointment, and get the injection. It's got to lead to action. And that's basically what Jesus is saying here. Hear the word, listen carefully to what it's saying, and then put it into action. But there's the rub, you see. It's that putting it into action. That's the most difficult thing. You can hear God's word, you can understand God's word, and then you walk out, and the hardest thing is the application. So he says, listen carefully. John chapter 12, verse 35, brings this warning. And it's said in the light of the Messiah being around people, and people getting an opportunity to believe in the Messiah while he's with them. But Jesus said these words, very interesting. John chapter 12, verse 35. Walk while you have the light lest darkness overtake you. You see, Jesus is saying to them, I'm with you, I'm the light of the world. Now walk in the light while you 
sorry, walk while you have the light with you, lest darkness overtake you. Here is an opportunity for you to believe. I'm your Messiah. Listen to me. Come to me and be saved. And if you don't, darkness will overtake you. Well, you see, in the same way, yes, Jesus has died, he's been resurrected, but he's still here with us, isn't he? And one day he is coming again. And there is going to be a point in history when it is too late to still come to God. And so this verse is relevant to you and I as well when it comes to the truth. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. Listen to the truth. Allow it to work into your life. Ask God to continue to give you a soft heart because it won't always be like that. And we saw that last time when we came around God's Word. If you continually listen to God's Word and you don't allow it to penetrate, you just let it come in and kind of blow over you, then what will happen? You'll start getting a hard heart. That's what will happen. So act today. When you hear God's Word, listen to it. When you leave this place, act on it. Be careful how you listen. And then he carries on in verse 18. He says this. Very interesting. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away from him. What does he mean? You see, what Jesus is speaking about here, he's saying, if you understand my words, and you allow it to work into your life, then I will grow it in your life. And I will use you more and more, and I will reveal more of my word to you. You will have more than what you originally started with. But if you turn a deaf ear to my words, and you might, not, you might understand everything in Scripture, but if you are not applying and you carry on in that mode, then even what you think you have will get taken away from you. You see, you can know Scripture backwards. But if you do not believe in Jesus Christ, if you've never put that into practice in your life, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior into your life, then you will be lost forever, even though you try to go to heaven clutching a Bible because you know it. You will be lost forever. And if you're a believer here today, and you live your whole life in disobedience because you haven't allowed God's Word to work in and through you as it should, you will stand before the Lord one day and you will give an account. And he's going to speak to you about those talents that he's given to you that you never worked for his purposes. You see, there's a human responsibility on us to listen carefully. There's a bit of a colloquialism around that we use. Use it or lose it. Well, if that's all you remember about it, when you hear God's word, use it or lose it out of your heart. Your heart will go hard if you carry on not listening. We're not talking about salvation. Once you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation. God has said he will hold on to all those given to him, said Jesus. He will never let them go. But if you do not allow God's God's word to work in your heart, you will get a hard heart. And then thirdly, he says, verses 19 to 21 Hear the word of God and do it. Now, it's kind of set in a, in a little context here. You see, there's Jesus, he's given this parable, and then suddenly there are these people saying, Hey, Jesus, your family are outside the door. They want to see you. Your mother's there. Your brothers are there. They'd like to speak to you. And Jesus, he's just been speaking to the people. He's been 
preaching the word to people. And Jesus uses this moment as a teaching opportunity to emphasize what he's just said. Some people have used this passage and said Jesus hasn't got any respect for his mother. Look at the way he handles her. He says to these people, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? As if he doesn't know them suddenly. No, that's not what it's about. Jesus is using this as a teaching opportunity. There come his mother and brothers wanting to speak to him. Now, there's a bit of background here. You see, Jesus has been going from place to place to place. He was so busy, he hardly had time for himself. When he came out of a house, there were crowds of people wanting to be healed and wanting to hear more of what he had to say. And some people were starting to say, he's lost his mind. He's out of his mind. Mark chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. This guy's losing it. And his parents were really concerned for him. His mum was really concerned, as any mother would be about her son. He's so busy, he can't help himself in a way, she was saying. And so they want to see him. And they were maybe concerned that he was losing his mind because he was overworking. But what is Jesus' answer to them? And you need to look at the literal words he uses here. He says, Mother to me and brothers to me are those who... He's not speaking about his mother. He's saying those who listen to me and do my words and listen to the truth and put it into practice, they are my mother. They are my brothers. In other words, they are my true family. So he makes use of that opportunity. It's a teaching moment. Those who hear the word of God and do it. Those who have taken to heart the messages of Jesus and have had their lives bearing fruit as a result. They are the true family. Not those that just speak the words. You see, there are plenty of people around today who just speak Christianese. They know how to say the right things. You ask them what John 3.16 is, they can tell you what John 3.16 is. But it hasn't gone from the lips into the heart. It hasn't gone to application. It's just on the lips. Jesus is saying, they're not my true family. Those are my true family. My mother and my brothers are those who hear and apply. I'd like to come to the application of this, and it should be fairly obvious already, but I'm going to rehash it for you. The so what question. We've heard this, now what? I'd like to look at two questions this morning. How do we hide our lamps? Practically, how do we hide our lamps in life? And then secondly, how can we shine brightly? So how do we hide our lamps in life? Well, this is one way that you hide your lamp and evaluate your own life as the Holy Spirit works in you this morning. I'm sure you all know these people. They've got all the tools on the shelf. You know those little things that you hang up the tools on? They've even got outlines around them. All the tools, but they are bright and shining. They've never been used. Okay? You've got all the tools, but no action. You see... You might have all the Bible commentaries that exist. And you might have them on Kindle, you might have them on print. You might have been to every single sermon that's ever been preached in this church, and you'll be mighty old then, but you, you've done it. You take Bible notes religiously. You've written pens out of ink as you've taken notes. You've bought bigger study Bibles as they've been released. You've bought that Bible and you've got it. But there's been no application in your life. That's one way of hiding your lamp. You know the truth. 
You might even know Jesus Christ, but you've never allowed his truth to work as it should in your life. You are hiding your lamp if you're a believer here today. There's a second way that you can hide your lamp. It is not growing in your life. It is standing still in your life. And it's a fallacy to think that if you're not growing, you are just standing still spiritually. You're not actually, you know, you're going backwards spiritually. There is no standing still. There is only growth or going backwards. There is no neutral in Christianity. You're either growing and going forwards or going backwards spiritually. And that's another way you can hide your lamp. A third way you can hide your lamp is not exposing yourself to Scripture, to the light of Scripture. You see, all of us, whether we like it or not, are vegetables. We need photosynthesis. We need light so that we can grow. So you need to expose yourself to the light source. Allow Scripture to come into your life. Memorize it. Think on it. Meditate on it. Allow it to do what it's designed to do in your life. And if you don't, that is hiding your lamp. So tell me, how much time do you spend in God's Word daily? Alright, I won't go daily. Weekly. Maybe monthly. How much time do you spend in God's Word? How much time do you allow it to work in on your life? If you aren't, you're hiding your lamp under a bushel. There's a last way in which we can hide our lamps. And that's going 007 as Christians. Going undercover. What do I mean by that? Well, you're a Christian, right? Do your colleagues know it? Do the people at school know it? Does your husband know? Do your children know? It's going undercover. You see, we have a message, but we put a cover on our lives. We're not speaking out that message. We're not living out that message. And so I need to ask you this question this morning. Is your life different to the darkness which surrounds you? When someone looks at your life, can they see light? Or is it just darkness to them too? Because you are not being who you should be. You are not speaking who you should be speaking about. Does the light in your life help others to see? Are you hiding your lamp? The second question I want to look at as we come to the end of this is, this morning is, how can you then shine brightly? How can we do this? How can we shine brightly? Well, here's the first point. To be able to shine brightly, you first have to be filled with the light. You see, you cannot shine brightly if you do not know Jesus Christ. You can live a good life, but it counts for nothing. Because all your deeds are as filthy rags to the Lord if Jesus Christ's blood doesn't cover your life. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you had his light filling your life? So you need the light of his word. You need the the light of his word if you're a believer. You need to have that word inside of you. You need to have Jesus Christ doing his work through the Holy Spirit in your life, doing his work in you. Are you hearing and obeying? Are you responding to God's word? And it's not enough just to read your Bible. It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to hear sermons and do nothing about it. That's like being filled by water with a leaky bucket. And what happens? You're 20 yards down the road and all the water's leaked out again. You're empty if you don't put it into practice. Are you a leaky Christian this morning? 
Well, you need to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to help you to apply that truth to your life so that you can retain it inside of you so that it can do its work. You need to respond to his word. You need to hear with faith the words which are true and you need to apply them because it is truth. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's promptings. You know, you get those moments in life where you know, I've got to change this or that aspect in my life. Well, go with that prompting of the Spirit in you. Don't try and push it aside. Because that prompting will get weaker and weaker if you leave it. Listen to what the Spirit is saying in you. And then act in those specific areas. You do not need to live a perfect life before the Lord immediately. That will come. But look at those areas that the Spirit is pointing out to you and make ask the Lord to help you in that one specific area. And then when that's perfect, and it won't be, then He will move on to another area. But let Him do His work in you. And in that way, you will shine brightly. So hear, believe, and do. But it's not finished there yet. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says this, Shine as lights in the world. Holding fast, and the Greek there says holding fast and out. Holding fast and out the word of life amongst a crooked and a twisted generation. As you go out from this place, and there's probably some twisted and crooked generation here too, but when you go out from this place into the world around you, you are going in amongst unbelievers. And they need the light of the gospel message. And you need to, as you go in amongst them, you need to hold on to God's word. But at the same time as you are holding on to those truths in your life, you need to be opening up your hands and giving out that truth at the same time. You need to be speaking out the gospel message. You see, there are millions in this world with no spiritual life in them. There are millions in this world who live in pitch black spiritual darkness without God, without Christ, without help. Will you do nothing for them? Nothing. Will you just go about your life and leave those people to go to an eternal damnation? There are thousands in this city of Wanganui that still do not know Jesus Christ. Will you, with the gospel in you, will you do nothing for them too? Will you just go about your life as normal? So what can we do to shine brightly? We are to engage in those spiritual conversations. When someone wants to speak to you about a spiritual topic, don't slam dunk it shut. Engage with them. Speak to them about it. And no, you might not know all the answers, but you say to them, hey, that's interesting. Let me come back to you. What's your telephone number? And then you go and look up the answers, make an appointment at a coffee shop and go and speak to them again. But engage in those spiritual conversations. We need to be speaking the truth into people's lives. We need to discuss the message of Jesus Christ. We need to tell people about the forgiveness and the hope that he offers. Listen to the sentence, and it really just struck me. It says this, No lamp which God lights was ever meant to burn alone. See, God, God doesn't make us believers and then leave us in this world to shine just our little bit. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine for me. No. I am to shine for Jesus Christ. For everyone to see, I am to shine brightly for Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a third question if you want to shine a bright light for Jesus Christ. Is Jesus the first priority in your life? 
Is he the first one in your life? Has something else come into your life which is dulling that light which comes into you? And so when you reflect Jesus' light, it's dull by sin in you because Jesus is no longer number one. There's other things that have taken the place. You see, Jesus said, Who are my family? Those who hear and do. Tell me, young people, is Jesus number one in your life? If Jesus was to call you into mission work in another country, it might even be a third world country somewhere, away from family, away from friends, away from all the mod cons that you're used to, are you willing to go because Jesus is number one in your life? Are you willing to be a light where Jesus takes you to be a light in the world? Or are you going to say, no, too much discomfort for me. Lord, just keep me here in good old comfortable New Zealand. Are you willing to go and be a light for Jesus Christ? Are you the true family of Jesus Christ? Or do you just say you belong to him? I want to leave a little picture with you, and I'm not modifying on what Jesus has said. It's still a picture of light. Okay? It is just such a beautiful picture. It's been with me for the last two weeks now, and I can't get it out of my head. Look at this. If you would allow the pure light of Jesus Christ to come into your life, you are the prism, by the way. If you would allow the pure light of Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you would allow his word to penetrate your life, then you need to have a deal with the sin inside of you. Do you see those rays going across in the middle of the prism there? You need to have Jesus deal with those bits of sin in you. And there's many of them that are clogging up the light, that are dulling it. So that the light that is reflected out of your life again is as pure as God can make it in you. And what does God do with that light? I love it. It comes out in colors, man. Because what happens? When we live God-glorifying lives, who is glorified? I've given you the answer. Jesus Christ is glorified. And our little, humble little lives are turned into something amazing for Jesus Christ. I think of people who've gone out onto the mission field. I think of our own people that have gone out to Waka. What's happened? They've gone with their humble little flickering lights. And what has God done? He has made it into something amazing. 3,000 people in one church and 240 churches in one area. Amazing light because of what God is doing. And the last question I want to ask you about this is, whose light is it? Is it yours? No, it is His light reflected through your life. You see, there's no pressure for us as Christians. You don't have to generate your own life. All you have to do is come in humility before God and ask Him to take away the sin in your life so that the light coming into you can reflect nearly 100% out and God can multiply it like He did the fish and the bread. He can multiply it and He will be glorified in the end. Are you willing to have that done to you this morning? Then listen carefully to God's Word. And when you hear, apply. The rest will come. The rest will happen. There's no pressure on you. It will happen if you hear and do. And from here on, we are, we are going to go away from Jesus' specific teachings. He's had about five teachings on just on listening. So, have we got the point yet? From here on, we're going to see how we're going to go through a major storm next week. Where the disciples are in the boat and the storm comes up. And all this is now going to be application as Jesus brings the application of this truth into various surroundings. 
Are you willing to listen to God's word and apply what he says coming up from here? I want to challenge you this morning. Give your life to Jesus Christ in this way. Open yourself up to him in this way and see where he takes you in your life. And I'm not speaking geographically. I'm speaking spiritually. See where he takes you on the journey of life. And he will be glorified through your life. That will happen if you are obedient. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we've heard people standing in the waters of baptism and giving you glory, shining as bright lights into their community. And Lord, this morning we've heard from your word again, your own words saying, we are to hear and listen carefully to your word and then we are to apply. And Lord, we come to the most difficult part of this, and that is that application. Lord, unblock our ears so that we will really hear, through your Spirit's help, what you're saying to us. And Lord, then help us, with your Spirit's help, to apply what we've learned. To live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. To live out to our friends and our colleagues that there is hope in Jesus Christ so that you will be glorified as people turn to you. Lord, we are but channels for you to work. But help us to be obedient in that, so that your, bright, your light can shine brightly from our lives, and you be glorified. We ask this in your precious name, and the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ, the one who can make this all possible. Amen.